This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, October 27th, wherever and however you're connected, always great to have you with us. My name is Spencer Linton. To my left sits the fabulous Jason Shepard, who also doubles as a missionary transportation specialist now. Yes, uh, look, I'm going to uh, turn things over to America's uncle, Jack DeMooney. This was a funny, funny tweet that he put out yesterday. He said, uh, I overheard overheard Elder McFarlane ask the people at the airport. So Jack DeMooney, Jason, I, you were at the airport yesterday. He says, I overheard Elder McFarlane ask the people at the airport, how do I get to the MTC? I went to him and said, Elder, jump in our car. Yep. Jason IU is his uncle that checked him into the MTC, and today we have another nephew missionary out in the field from Lewiston, Idaho. Go Cougs! Hashtag, he is Jack DeMooney! So, I am Jack DeMooney! Okay, okay. Look, I realize that uh, Elder McFarlane had not yet reached the MTC, therefore he has not seen the phenomenal work that one you and Jerem Jordan did uh, as the safety zone. Uh, what's, what, is, what was your title for that? Instructors? Uh, yeah, you can call me an instructor. But I'd, I'm going to go ahead and assume that one of the rules of the safety zone is to do not get in the car with strangers. Um, <laughs> so, you know, again, we're going to give him a pass because he hadn't technically yeah. watched the videos He's yet. He's not fully through all yes. 12 safety zone videos. But now he knows moving forward that you don't get in the car exactly. with strangers at the airport. Elder McFarland <laughs> will soon have a full comprehension of what situational awareness means, right? <laughs> How great is that story? That's that's hilarious. It's classic Jack DeMooney. It's also, look, that is a perfect way. People are going to ask you about your like your favorite mission stories. Like, tell me some great stories. He's got one of the best stories, yeah. like, right before his mission even started. Hey, I needed a ride to the MTC. I wasn't sure what I was going to do, and these two BYU football coaches showed up and were like, Hey, Elder, we got you. <laughs> And now he really is their next nephew. It's great. Fantastic. It's a great story. Here's your show lineup. BYU football, speaking of those coaches, preparing for Bronco Mendenhall, all of those former BYU players who are now on his staff and the University of Virginia. Our question is, which side of the ball carries a more important and significant role on Saturday night? Is it the BYU offense, which have not scored a ton of points against Power 5 opponents, or... Is it the BYU defense facing Brennan Armstrong and that explosive Virginia offense? Riley Nelson, former BYU quarterback, will answer that question and many more. And we have a special surprise guest straight from meeting the GOAT quarterback, Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Cannot wait to talk with an elite member of BYU Sports Nation. And Jason, I don't know if you've heard, there are seven ranked teams on campus in Provo. I have heard. Seven, which leads us to today's headlines. Two six and two teams square off on Saturday night when 25th ranked BYU host Bronco Mendenhall and his Virginia Cavaliers at 10:15 p.m. Eastern time. Head coach Kalani Satake talks about what he will say to his predecessor. I'll just say thank you for everything. I mean, it's he's done an amazing job, and and uh, I know I speak as a fan that I appreciate everything he's done for for our our university and for our football program. And, and as a, uh, a head coach that took over after him, I'm really, really thankful for the things that he's done here. 
Countdown to kickoff starts 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Radio pregame coverage beginning at 8 Eastern. Hey, Bleacher Report has put out their top 100 2022 NFL draft prospects. Included in that top 100 is BYU center James Empey, the only Cougar to make the list at number 70. He's listed as the seventh best overall interior lineman. Hey, back to BYU and their, I don't know, ranked teams on campus. BYU women's soccer moving up a spot. They are now number 11 in this week's United Soccer Coaches Top 25. Cougars are 6-0 and and the only undefeated team in conference play. That 6-0 record is in WCC play. BYU has a massive game at number 25 Santa Clara on Saturday. I will have the call for you on BYU Radio at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, the Cougars are now the highest ranked team in the West Coast Conference after Pepperdine lost and tied last week. The Waves falling to number 13. Of course, as you mentioned, Santa Clara now number 25. A game, a game back after a surprise loss at Portland, 2-0. Here we go. BYU it's controls all right there. their own destiny. It's all right there. Several different BYU Cougars, at least former, have been doing their thing overseas lately in the basketball world. Brandon Averett had 29 points, 8 rebounds, and a loss for his team in Cyprus. Brandon Davies, 16 points, 3 rebounds in a win for Barcelona. And Kyle Collinsworth with 8 points, 11 rebounds, and 8 assists. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Starting with a triple-double. Triple-double-ish. In a win for his Mikawa Seahorses in Japan. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Here comes Virginia, Jason. You just mentioned that BYU back in the rankings, number 25, 6-2, and and facing a 6-2 and UVA team that has one of the most explosive offenses and one of the most prolific quarterbacks in the game to this date in 2021 in Brennan Armstrong. Maybe that is uh, where you're going to go to answer this question, but I'll ask you regardless. Who needs to have the bigger day for BYU to beat Virginia? The Cougar offense in a shootout potentially, or the BYU defense slowing down that Virginia offense we just talked about? Because Virginia's offense is so dynamic and Brennan Armstrong is so efficient, I think the side of the ball that has to have the bigger day is the defense. And, and they have got to find a way to slow down Brendan Armstrong in the Virginia offense. L- let's just – just focusing on Brendan Armstrong specifically. These are, these are national ranks. Second in passing yards a game. In pa- yeah, second in total offense. Fourth in completions per game. Fifth in points responsible for per game. And fifth in passing touchdowns. This is a guy that can – destroy defenses. So for me, and I know that sometimes you say, okay, it, it's a broad statement to say you've got to, you've got to put pressure. Okay, everybody knows that. But beyond just putting pressure, I think BYU's defense, and again, they're hurt. We know they're hurt. They're, ha- they're being forced to use depth because of injuries. It's a lot to ask uh, a, a side of the ball that is dealing with so many injuries. We heard we heard Lopa talking about it. Almost everybody on the defensive line is hurt at this point. So I, I realize that it's it's a tall task, especially when you're going against an offense like this. But beyond just getting pressure, I think they've got to get to Brennan Armstrong. They have got to make him feel their presence around him, make him completely uncomfortable because it, with a guy that is this efficient, if you can make him uncomfortable and make a mistake. Yeah. 
that changes everything. And with BYU's offense right now not scoring a ton of points, certainly doing enough to win six out of eight games, you know, but with them not scoring 35, 40 points like we saw maybe last year, I, I think the defense has got to bring the average of Virginia down. And right now, Virginia's averaging uh, just uh, almost 38 a game. Yep. you gotta, you got to bring that closer because right now BYU's offense is averaging 26. So I think it's the defensive side. Okay, to your point in the defense, looking at the roadmap of teams that have played against Virginia, there have been two, really one in large part, that have muddied the waters for the Virginia offense, and that was Wake Forest. Wake Forest is currently ranked number 13. They're undefeated in the ACC. That's a legit team. So that's one of Virginia's losses. They held Brennan Armstrong and Virginia to under 20 points. It, d- it does not happen. No, it does not. <laughs> does not happen. But they muddied the waters. They made things cloudy. I mean, he's had clear skies right. with that offense, right? They made it cloudy for him, and Virginia was finally slowed down. So I'm sure that Elisa Tuiaki and BYU are looking very closely at just how Wake Forest disrupted Brennan Armstrong and the Virginia offense. I don't know if BYU has the bodies available to do what Wake Forest did, though, because they play a different defensive scheme. And so when you say you got to pressure Brennan Armstrong, there are different ways to create pressure and make things weird for a quarterback. And BYU, if they go with a three-down lineman set, probably will do because of necessity again, because of the lack of healthy bodies on the defensive front. They're going to need the linebackers and their pass defense to make things uncomfortable for Brennan Armstrong. So hopefully BYU is able to create a scenario where they can put some pressure on him, make him feel impatient. Yes, and that's what it is. We, we hear pressure, and I think some people equate that to the pressure means sacks. It doesn't always mean sacks. You certainly would love sacks, but it, it means speeding up a guy, getting him into an uncomfortable situation, putting him in a situation where he may make a mistake. Yes. That's what pressure means. Virginia leads the country in explosive plays down the field. And by explosive plays, if we quantify that, it's – you know, plays of 20-plus or more yards. Like, they lead the country, and it's not close. They dominate the country in that statistical category. BYU, if they drop eight, are clearly going to try and stop those explosive plays. Can Brennan Armstrong and Virginia be methodical and boring and patient enough? It's going to be hard to do that in the moment when you're so used to just pushing the ball down the field, and they have great receivers. That That's the challenge for BYU is – Muddy things, cloudy things up defensively, dropping a ton of guys into coverage and preventing those explosive plays. Just maybe Brennan Armstrong gets a little impatient and is like, "Ah, I can fit the ball into that window. Ah, I think my receiver is just better than the BYU defense. And then maybe that's a scenario where BYU's defense can create some chaos and some pressure. So you're right. This isn't the week to expect a ton of sacks from BYU football. In fact, the rest of the season, as long as BYU is playing three down linemen against five offensive linemen, and Max Pro, six yeah, the, the numbers don't add offense. up to a ton of sacks anyway. Yeah, you got your guys being double teamed, yes. sometimes triple teamed. This is not a scenario where you should expect BYU to come up with a ton of sacks, but you can still put pressure on an offense in other ways. Like the chaos theory involves a lot of different things. Okay, so I hear you, and I feel like there's really no wrong answer in this. Which Agreed. side needs to have the bigger game? Yeah, the defense needs to play well because they're going against the best quarterback they've seen all year. And BYU's seen some good quarterbacks, including Jaden Daniels of Arizona State and uh, Delora of Washington State. He's a good quarterback as well. Brendan Armstrong is on another level. He's this, this guy's an absolute gamer. But I don't think, regardless of 
how well the defense plays, Jason. Like I feel like Virginia's they're going to get theirs. They're going to score at least 28 or at least 30. If BYU holds Virginia to 30 or fewer points, then I think they've had a very successful venture. Well, they like I said, they averaged 38. If you can keep them to 30 or under, that is because that's big. only one team has done that. Wake Forest, and it was a loss for Virginia. Now, BYU's offense has not been great against Power 5 competition. They have one knockdown, drag out. I mean, they've been efficient. Yes. And they've had at times explosive plays. They've been opportunistic. But overall, overall BYU is not a high-flying offense. They're efficient and methodical and physical. I think BYU has to score 30 points to beat Virginia. It is – it. It is the first to 30 will win this game, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU, their scoring high against the Power 5 team this season, Jason, is 27 points at home against Arizona State. Through five games against Power 5 competition, the Cougars are averaging 24.4 points per game. It's over the Bronco Mendenhall 24-point threshold, but for Virginia you probably have to score 30. I, I just don't, I can't, I can't see a scenario where BYU is able to muddy or cloudy up the game enough against this capable of an offense to be able to score 24 and win this game. I, I'd be shocked if 24 is enough to win this game. I think BYU has to get to 30 to beat Virginia. Well, and I think that's where the defense could come into play here. If, if BYU can get that pressure and force some mistakes, if the defense can somehow get a turnover, if you can get points from your defense, that's you know obviously the goal, certainly. But if you can get a turnover, like we saw in so many of these other games, where BYU gets a turnover and it gives BYU's yeah. offense a short field to go down and score, stuff like that can go a long way. So I think that that also plays into to my, my side of the argument in terms of the defense needing to have the big game. Beyond it, forcing some turnovers, and maybe you know pick six would be great. Forcing a turnover deep in, you know, in, in their own territory, getting that kind of stuff, giving your offense maybe an easier possession to be able to score points as opposed to having to go 80, 90 yards to score a touchdown. We want you to answer our question of the day. Which side of the football needs to have the bigger day for BYU to beat Virginia, the offense or the defense? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Derek Tippett's ads on Instagram. And he agrees, with, he agrees with me. The offense, no doubt. We've seen flashes of brilliance, but this is the game where it all needs to come together. Scoring 24 points likely doesn't get the job done against Virginia. And Kalani Satake said, we're still looking for the complete game. And he said that we haven't been close to the complete game. Does the complete game come together for BYU against Virginia? Boy, the timing would not be better <laughs> in, uh, given everything that's going into this game and, and how BYU needs to put things together, in my opinion, on offense. Jason, they, Miami, BYU, or Virginia, rather, got lucky against Miami, right? Yeah, missed, Miami, missed, Miami the, missed a chip shot yes. field goal to win the game. Like, should have made it. They didn't. If they make that field goal, Miami scores 31 points. Right. And Virginia had 30. Let, let's, let's also not make it sound like Virginia's defense is a juggernaut and they're shutting teams down. There will be opportunities for BYU's offense to score points. Okay. El Gran Colipoki on Twitter agrees with you, Jason. With what might become a shootout, BYU needs the defense to come up with some takeaways to give the offense extra time of possession. Yeah. 
Can Tyler Algier and that physical offense also create scenarios where there are longer, sustained drives to keep the ball out of Virginia's hands? It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a great matchup. It really is. All right, coming up, where does the stretch Y rank on Broncos' accomplishments? May not have known this. One of his former quarterbacks, Riley Nelson, will discuss his relationship with Bronco, what he feels Bronco means to BYU football, even though he's been at Virginia the last six years, and what the Cougars need to do to get to win number seven. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Catch BYU football with Kalani Satake on demand on the BYU TV app. Join Greg Rubel as he and the coach look back at the Washington State victory and then look ahead to the Bronco Bowl. Plus, you'll see Neil Pau's Deep Blue and Tyler Algier will be in the film room. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside Jason Shepard. We are now pleased to welcome in former BYU quarterback, a man who led the Cougars to a 10-win season back in 2011, Riley Nelson, now the color analyst for BYU football on the radio side with Greg Rubel. Riley, great to have you with us. How are you? Great to be on with you today. By the way, guys, I wish I were creative enough to have, you know, done these Halloween, but I have two sons whose birthdays are both within a week of Halloween. So it's been party week all week for us, and uh, hence the balloon arch with bats in the background. And we, uh, we hear in the background uh, things a little... Uh, we can appreciate look, that. Look, as right? fathers, I mean, we understand yes. what's happening right now. If there's going to be any audience in the country that can understand crying babies in the background, or um, I hope he doesn't come pull my computer off the desk or my mischievous two-year-old that I'm seeing right past my computer, it's going to be the BYU. But um, yeah, no, a, a rare work from home. You can see why work from home works very well for most, but people with a, a, a two-month-old, a two-year-old, and a four-year-old, it's not the ideal scenario, but it happens to be mine today. So thanks for working with me. Hey, yeah, totally get it. Totally understand that. Riley Nelson is in the heat of battle with us on BYU Sports Nation. Bronco Mendenhall, your longtime coach and uh, a man that you hold in uh, very high regard, makes his return to Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the first time in six years since he left BYU for Virginia. What does Bronco Mendenhall mean to you as a former BYU football player? Uh, I mean, I outside of like my dad and grandpa and um, he, you know he's in he's in kind of that next that non-family where I think uh, a lot of players you put your high school coach in there for those that went on missions I'd put my mission president in there and I'd put you know Bronco in there as far as he's on the short list of men who had an immense impact in my life who continue to I continue to you know it's really important to me to keep a relationship up with and and to do all that so that's what he means to me personally what he means to the program is um, there was you lost one of the legends, not just of BYU football, but of college football, right? And Lavelle Edwards and the program met some severe uncertainty, uncertainty that it hadn't known in decades. Um, uh, obviously, you know, I'm, as, you, as is well documented, the, the Croton era, which ended um, and had a lot of BYU football fans questioning what the future of the program was. And uh, of course they hired Bronco Mendenhall who definitely wasn't the sexy pick. 
Um, probably wasn't the first choice of many fans, but he was able in, in short order to restore that level of that standard of excellence that BYU had become such accustomed to and not only uh, reestablish it, but then sustain it over the course of his career there. So uh, he means the world to me and uh, I think is has significant meaning for BYU athletics and BYU football. You know, Riley, I don't know what or if BYU has anything planned in terms of a pregame for Bronco, if they'll do anything. But, uh, you know, there's been a lot of discussion this week. Or how will you respond when Bronco is there? I, I will be very, very surprised if there's anything other than just cheers and applause for a lot of the reasons that, that you brought up. I mean, all Bronco did while he was here was win. I, I expect a... I don't know. I don't know if we get a standing ovation, but I expect uh, certainly uh, nothing but applause come Saturday. Normally, when a player leaves uh, and then and then comes back and gets and does not and receives an unfavorable reception, it's because the manner in which they left was was somehow you know it it, ins- it inspired certain negative feelings. I don't think that was the case for. I mean. If we all, if the majority of fans want to be honest, the and and maybe this is a little bit revisionist history, but as I remember it, most people, most BYU fans were kind of saying, you know what, this time with Broncos run its course. So it's not like he left while all the fans were begging him to stay. It's not like he left and some kind of backhanded or, you know, abandoned his team in the middle of a season or like when the uh, Colts left Baltimore, you know, with semis in the middle of the night. He, he left on good terms. Uh, his time at BYU had kind of run its course with the fan, at least for me, kind of, I felt like with the fan base and he went on to bigger and better things and BYU was on to bigger and better things. So he should get, uh, you know, he should be uh, treated appropriately upon his return. I, I can tell you this though, from knowing Bronco, I know he would prefer that there be zero fanfare. He is all about the competition. He's all about the game of football and, uh, you know, the, the kind of sappy, um, you know, emotional aspect of football is, is not uh, what he cares for much. So if he can avoid it at all this weekend, he would prefer to. Well, and, and Riley, beyond just Bronco, I mean, you know, it's obviously well documented how many f- former coaches, former players are on that staff. I mean, this is an opportunity. Look, at the end of the day. Everybody wants BYU to knock off Virginia and send everybody home with a loss. But it's an opportunity for not just Bronco, but all these former players and coaches to be able for for the fans to be able to say, hey, we appreciate everything that you've done for this program. If for nothing else, the number of ex-players, Robert and I, ex-player, Kelly Papinga, ex-player, Jason Beck, ex-player, Shane Hunter, ex-player, right? These are all guys who donned the Y on their helmet and gave it their all and were significant, were meaningful contributors to the teams on which they played uh, that are now all part of that Virginia coaching staff. And um, these are, these are our own. And if nothing else, I mean, we should be happy, at least for me, I shouldn't, I, I'm not going to advocate. I'm not going to tell anyone how else to feel, but I think one of the main marks of how significant a program or relevant a program is, is how widespread are they? Um, and BYU for the longest time, it's, we've kind of been a, a little culture unto ourselves. Yeah. Andy Reed goes off and does his thing. And we've had some assistants that made stops at BYU, but often those native BYU guys stayed at BYU. We should be applauding those that picked up, went all the way to the other part of the country um, where, you know, BYU, BYU is not very relevant in Virginia yet. Now all of a sudden people are paying 
maybe paying more attention, or at least the, the name or the brand is elevated in their eyes in, you know, uh, in the mid-Atlantic area and definitely in Virginia because the vast majority of their football staff played at BYU and started their coaching careers at BYU and had significant stops there. And now they're out there in the ACC, in Virginia, in the mid-Atlantic, on the East Coast, having success and, and bringing that great brand of football that's so synonymous with BYU they're spreading it abroad. And so that should be something I think all BYU fans and proponents of the program should want because it elevates the brand. If we stay self-contained, we can be great, but we're only great in our own little sphere. The more people that go on to do great things um, outside of BYU, they will always be part of the program and it does nothing but elevate and expand. Amen. Riley Nelson is with us on BYU Sports Nation. We're discussing the return of Bronco Mendenhall to BYU. Riley, one more question about Bronco and your relationship with him specifically before we move on to preparing for Virginia. And that is because you have experienced uh, Bronco Mendenhall and his coaching style in a very unique way. You mentioned you're very close with him, closer than most. What's your favorite Bronco Mendenhall story that we may not have heard about? So... I don't like, I smiled when you were asking that question. So I hope everybody knows, can appreciate the fondness with, with which I tell this story. It was fall camp. I believe it was 2011. We, um, it, we were in the dog days of camp. It was right in the middle. I believe it was the first end of a two a day and it was super hot. So as you can imagine, we got that summer madness going and uh, the practice just didn't start off great. I mean, from, from the first crossover drills, like one-on-ones were normally the first, there was fighting and bickering and like, we just, and offense and deep, we were just at that point where we were sick of each other, right? Well, we get into the first team session and a fight breaks out. And while, you know, most coaches, they do like fights because it, it you know, it means guys are competitive and guys are heated. I will admit that this fight probably wasn't more that way. Guys were just being moody, right? And fights, one of the reasons why coaches don't like fights, and Bronco never loved them, even though some coaches secretly love them, is just they take away from practice time. It's a, it's a giant distraction. It, it cuts a big hole. It distracts everybody. It's hard to get everybody back and gather. Anyway, we have this fight, and I'll never remember. So he sent us all, and we all started having to run gassers, right, which is – the width of the field, you run down and back, and it was just one after another after another. And while we're running, I noticed on the other side of the practice field, he was having the managers move the cold tubs. And he set these cold tubs up in a line that we had to, uh, we had, as part of our punishment, we lined up and then we had to get in, do an up down in the cold tub, then get out, do an up down on the grass and up down in the cold. And he had to set up this succession of up downs in the cold <laughs> tub. And that makes me laugh so much. He was so mad at us. He was trying to think, how can I get through to these knuckleheads? And uh, so anyway, it was not pre-planned. That's my favorite part of it is like, he sends us on gassers trying to think of like, how can I get to these guys? And so he has the manager set up the cold tubs and we did up downs and cold tubs for like the next half hour. <laughs> let's, uh, let's ask you our question of the day. Uh, which side of the ball do you think has to have the bigger game in order to win offense or defense? Offense. Uh, Virginia's uh, built like, to me, this is like, uh, it, it, uh, it's like a basketball matchup. Like when you get in the March madness and you see those big 10 teams that have been playing games in the fifties all, all year, you know, play against like a BYU style 
that it's rare if they score less than 80 and one is run and shoot and get up and down the court. That's the style of football that Virginia plays, right? They're that run and shoot. They're scoring 80 every game. BYU is built a little bit more for like that big 10 pound the ball in the post win games, 53 to 48, you know, um, by the way, I mean a basketball score 53 to 48. Right. So in my opinion, the, the defense will be okay. Um, because they've proven that they can, they have, you know, they're pretty decent at forcing teams to score below their average scoring output. But even if they keep Virginia below their scoring output, that's still, that's still a total somewhere in the thirties. And this offense is only scored in the thirties. I think once, twice. maybe twice. I know yeah. South Florida. Yeah. And Utah yeah, state. So only twice South Florida and Utah state is the only time they've got up into the thirties. So not against the P five opponent, in my opinion, they're going to definitely need to get into the thirties, maybe even approach 40. So that's why I say the offense, because it's going to take a performance from them that we probably, that I would say we haven't seen yet this year. Riley, why will a three-down lineman setup and scheme, by necessity mostly because BYU's defensive line is so banged up, work against a program and a high-level quarterback like Brennan Armstrong? Yeah, well, so Brennan Armstrong is one. The dude is aggressive. He is He's always looking and always pushing down the field. And uh, I don't think um, anybody has forced him to have to throw the check down, throw it to the flat, you know, run, scramble forward for four yards, scramble forward for six. And Virginia is not built to march up to be that patient and that persistent. And so uh, this, this defense will have success. Um, well, and, and let me say this, while he is exceptional, he's yet to prove his ability to just take what the defense gives them, gives him for four quarters. Most every college quarterback, myself included, when I played, you get antsy. And especially when you're used to picking up yards and chunks and putting points up on the scoreboard, you do something that's outside of character or it's off book. And then when they do that, this defense has proven that they're opportunistic. So um, the, the one outlier to that is, you know, they've got this and I can't remember who's the big number 99 that they bring in uh, is the tight end the quarterback now tight end now runs wildcat with him. Oh, I, I know um, who you're talking about. I can't recall his name, but I, I've seen the formation and the play. Yeah, right. Anyway, the the one thing, they bring in this big guy, the, this big former quarterback that runs Wildcat for him. Um, I honestly expect to combat that three down front. I expect to see a lot of that. That would be the one outlier there. But that said, Brendan Armstrong is their best player. So you're also not going to come into Provo and not, you know, give your best player as many opportunities to be successful as possible. So against the traditional Brendan Armstrong that we've seen so far in this season, this defense will have success forcing him to do something which he hasn't, which is take what the defense gives for four straight quarters. Riley Nelson is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Keaton Thompson, is that who we're talking about? That is. Yeah, yeah it okay. is. He's, he's, he, he's uh, for all the listeners and everybody out there that's going to watch the game, he's a uh, a real like he's six six. He's built like an Adonis, and they use him in all sorts of. He'll line up his tight. He's honestly, he's like from. And this is the staff that coached Taysom. They use him like the Saints kind of use Taysom, mm. um, it, it, except he gets he gets a lot more snaps. But uh, it'll be interesting to me to see how the BYU defense handles that aspect of their offense. I think against Brennan Armstrong and, that, and those wide receivers, I think they'll do okay because they've been there before. Riley, it's great to talk with you. Always fantastic insight, especially into the Bronco Mendenhall situation and preparing for the X's and O's of BYU Virginia. We'll talk to you again soon, man. You bet, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Riley. Riley Nelson on BYU Sports Nation.
All right, coming up, what if I told you a young man who used sports as a motivation to overcome cancer won twice? This is an incredible story. And should BYU be playing for a Rose Bowl berth? Which national analyst presented this idea yesterday? Bring this it is on. BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Seventh-ranked BYU Women's Volleyball hosting San Francisco Thursday night. You can watch the match at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. You are listening to the sultry tones of Jason Shepard. I am merely Spencer Linton. Merely, please, please. You are one of the instructors of the safety <laughs> zone, which clearly you need to speak up a little bit more about getting into strangers' cars. Situational awareness. Let's go. <laughs> This is BYU Sports Nation to interact with the show and get fantastic content throughout the day. You can follow us on the five major social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. You know what we should do right now? Uh, I believe we should whip it. Yep. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. All right, we're going to start things off with one of my favorites, Joel Klatt from Fox Sports. He tweeted out the following, quote, Currently, BYU football is 4-0 against Pac-12 opponents. That would currently be the best conference record, as no one else in the conference is better than 3-1. and Yep. Who's up for BYU football versus Oregon football champ uh, game? Uh, that... Yeah, let's uh, let's do that. Let's manifest. Yeah. Uh, in in all in favor. In favor of that, Jason. <laughs> yes. yes. So, is it only fair that BYU plays for a Rose Bowl berth? Naturally, Jason, if we're going to hang a banner in Studio B as the Pac-12 South champions upon BYU beating USC to close out the regular season, then yes, they need to be matched up with Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. Look, I love this. It's not going to happen, but I cannot <laughs> tell you the joy that it would bring into my life if BYU made it to the Rose Bowl before Utah did. <laughs> <laughs> so, the joy that would exude from my countenance would, would be so big. It would be on par with the day that BYU was officially announced as a member of the Big 12. Yes, and I've, I've got the shirt. I've got the shirt to uh, to prove it. Yes. <laughs> I, I will say this. Some people, even BYU fans are like, okay, enough with the Pac-12 thing. It's getting old. BYU fans are not driving this rhetoric anymore. No, no, this is national. It's national analysts. It's Stuart Mandel. It's Bruce Feldman. It's now Joel Klatt. It's ESPN's guys. The national media are driving this rhetoric. So take it up with them. All right, Jason. Rose Bowl out for a moment. And we're in with James Empey. According to Bleacher Report, he's number 70 on the NFL draft big board and the list of 100 most draftable players, if you will. He's the seventh-rated interior lineman. Okay, but here's my question. Who's going to be drafted first out of BYU? James Empey, Tyler Algier, mm -hmm. or Ryan Rico? Okay, well, we know where Jerem's going. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say Tyler Algier. I'm going to go with the guy that has the most clout right now, and that's Tyler Algier. So right now I'll say Tyler. Right now Tyler Algier has a fourth or fifth round draft grade, and it's only getting better after his performances against so many Power 5 opponents. Yes, the answer is clearly Tyler Algier. He's the best player on the team right now. 
not just the most clout and most positivity, Jason. He's the best player on BYU's football team right now, and he's backing it up week in and week out. All right, BYU Athletics uh, Creative Design Director Dave Broberg tweeted out the following. And actually, I, I want to preface this by, by an earlier tweet that he sent out before this one. He said, uh, University Administration asked him, Bronco, if he could still be successful as a football coach without bringing back this logo. He's talking about the Stretch Y logo. His answer was no. It is critical to reestablishing tradition of BYU football. So then it brings us to this quote, uh, this tweet, where he says, without the vision of Bronco Mendenhall, our football uniform would still look similar to this. Now, Brady obviously wore it well, but it's not what uh, the brand was. It was off. It needed someone to set the BYU brand back on track, and that's what Bronco did. Yes. So the question is, BYU, or Bronco is responsible for bringing back the stretch Y. Where does that rank in terms of Bronco accomplishments? Oh, goodness. I, I haven't put together my official top ten list. Uh, so just off the top of my head, I'm going to say it's number four, Jason. It's very specific. You know, just behind uh, him Leading BYU to a 10, 11, and 11 win seasons yes. and beating Oklahoma and beating Texas twice and then bringing back the stretch one. Yeah, I, look, I don't know. I will I will say his number one is taking a program that was yes. on a downward trend and completely changing every aspect of it. And then you could pencil in, actually, you could pin in a minimum of eight wins every year. And most times you'd get nine, 10, or sometimes that's, 11. That's what he did. BYU Athletics currently have four teams ranked in their respective top 11s nationally, seven in the top 25. So, Jason, with all of that success, over under one BYU national championship for any of those teams this fall. I'm feeling good. I'm going to take the over. Let's go. Wow. Let's go. Okay, so obviously you're going cross-country because you're a cross-country guy, right? Why, why you hosted does, the Pugsley Awards. I did host the Pugsley Awards. Uh, well, why does it have to be – why can't it be all of them? Why can't all seven <laughs> win a national championship? <laughs> Who's most likely aside from cross-country? Um, I, uh, I don't like to say that nobody can. <laughs> I think they all can. Oh, my god. And goodness. if you say anything less than that, then you don't believe in any of them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, then I'm definitely taking the over on this. Holy cow. Guilt trip. Yeah. I mean, one would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. One would be amazing. More than that, woo. Maybe women's volleyball uh, stuns the nation. They're the number seven team in the country. They're always in the mix. They're playing well right now. Yes, they are. All right, coming up, how do you top getting a hat from your idol and the quarterback goat? Uh, and uh, obviously the answer, Jason, is visiting the set of BYU Sports Nation. The inspirational Noah Reeb joins us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Watch after further review on demand on the BYU TV app. You can watch as Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon break down the film with a win over Washington State and then look ahead to Virginia. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. It is our absolute pleasure to welcome in an absolute hero and uh, a young man that we look up to for everything that he has gone through. He has battled through cancer. He has beaten it like a champ. His name is Noah Reeb. Welcome to the set, Noah. It's great to have you with us, man. Thanks. Okay, so tell everybody how old you are, first of all. I'm 10. 10 years old. And uh, you beat cancer, but not just any type of cancer. What type of cancer did you beat? I had brain cancer. Incredible. Okay. Uh, well, it's, again, like I said, we, we just want to welcome you to the show. Um, 
We understand that your favorite BYU football players are the Romneys, right? Yeah. Okay, so Gunner and Baylor, you obviously like watching them play, and you've met them before. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're okay, guys, right? <laughs> Guess what? We've got a special message for you right now. What's up, Noah? It's Gunner. Welcome to Sports Nation. We're excited to have you here. So cool what's happening right now, man. We're super happy for you. Congratulations. All right, Gunner Romney, giving you another shout-out. Uh, why do you like the Romneys the most? I don't know. They've just been so good to me. They're sure. just like, yeah, they're like all awesome on and off the field. They're just good people. And yeah. <laughs> so, Noah, take us through what the last couple of days have been like because you are a massive Tom Brady fan, and you had an opportunity to go to the Buccaneers game and then you not only got to, to meet Tom Brady, uh, but he also gave you a, a little gift. Tell, tell everybody what happened to you when you went to the Buccaneers game. So I went to the Buccaneers game. I, I, thought, I didn't think we'd be that close to the players. I went in there and I was like, I mean, like the fact that I was even at the game made me want to cry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's exciting, right? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, and, um, and then... We were there, and then, like, they're just, like, laser-focused on the game. They will not look at you. Like, if you are screaming their name, they won't look at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, towards the end of the game, they were just beating the Bears so badly that um, they started to kind of loosen up, and they were just looking, and they could kind of started to look at everyone and stuff. And then um, Golston, um, he saw my sign. And he was like, he hey, wanted. You want to hold up the sign, Dad? Yeah, there. Sure. That's the sign. It says Tom Brady helped me beat brain cancer. Love. So they they saw this sign. And um, he told he told like Jason Perry Paul and Jason Perry Paul, he waved at me. Jason Perry Paul told um, Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin, or and then uh, uh, the, these boys sitting next to me. Um, there was, I think they like might have known um, this one player, mm -hmm. and he came over, and he handed um, them his gloves, and then that boy saw what was happening over there. Saw your sign. Yeah, he saw my sign, and he came over. He gave me the gloves, and then, um, and then Chris Godwin came over. He shook my hand, gave me his gloves. <laughs> Chris Godwin, he, and then he said he saw my sign. He said, "I got you," and he pointed at me. <laughs> Very so cool. So he went to Tom Brady, and then he walked back. A couple other players came and handed me their gloves, and then he told Tom Brady. Tom Brady looked at my sign, and then he started walking over. Now and then I looked over there, and I saw Tom Brady walking over, and I was just blown away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Tom Brady came over. He, he um. He shook my hand. He handed me, um, he handed me this hat mm -hmm. right here. Amazing. <laughs> and yeah, it was just amazing. What did he say to you? He said something like, um, "Nice job, buddy," and so, something like that. Oh, but incredible. Okay, yeah. so I want to ask your dad James a question. Mm -hmm. What's this like for you watching this as a parent unfold? It's hard. Yeah, it's hard to articulate. I mean, when Noah was going through all those really difficult times, all those really um, hard times through treatments and surgery. Um, you know, we had obviously our faith, we had 
uh, friends and family. We'd be nowhere without friends and family. Um, and then we had, you know, great, really great medical care with Primary Children's Hospital and Huntsman, Huntsman Cancer Institute. But, man, the thing that kind of filled in all the gaps was football. It just was. I mean, there was a moment where Noah was in a really intense pain. His mom was doing an excellent job of kind of coaching him through it. She'd had a brain surgery herself a couple of years ago. They have, a, like, matching scars now. So she kind of knew, and she talked him through it. Anyway, she calmed him down. I was able to go in because we were tagging in and out because of COVID. We both couldn't be with him at the same time in the PICU. It was a really brutal time for us. When I went in there, I, you know, Noah kind of stirred. He asked me, or I asked him, hey, are you okay? What do you need? And he said to me in this scratchy voice, they'd pulled the tube out, Dad, I just I just really need to watch highlight reels of Tom Brady. Mm. And so we opened up the laptop and he fell asleep again watching Tom from you know from Patriots forward on highlight reels. So to at that moment to be in Tampa where we had promised this little guy that we'd hey, we can get you to a game and from there your expectations need to be open. Whatever happens happens. His mom sort of sent me on the queen's errand to make sure it happened unfortunately she wasn't able to be with us we feel badly i know she's dying from fomo but she's doing a good job she's holding it all together she's the glue she said you have to make a sign write it on both the front and the back so it don't bug people behind him let people know what's happening noah came up with kind of how he wanted the sign to look and we did it in the hotel room that morning and when tom came over i mean i'll just tell you that was the culmination of mm. Kind of that moment was the culmination of all of these things that we had really worked for him for. I mean, it's a, it's I, I, it's difficult to articulate how good that felt for me. It was relief, frankly, just to be like, oh man, how wonderful. Yeah. So. Well, and and no, we could hear your dad talking about how you know you were wanting to watch you know highlights of Tom Brady. We know you play football, and you're obviously a big Brady fan. You're a big BYU fan. What has sports meant to you during this time? Um, it's meant a lot. Like, um, I'd always watch it, and it helped me. Like, it just made me feel better. Like, football was kind of the thing that got me through cancer. Like, I'd always watch it, and like, and during played. like, yeah, I played flag football during chemo. <laughs> wow, really? During chemo? Yeah. yeah. Holy. Yeah, cow. he had a really understanding coach. It was like, look, we'll put him in as quarterback, and. If he's well enough to play, and every you know, Noah would go up, do his treatments, and then be like, "Hey, as soon as we get out of here, I might always ask, am I going to practice? Am I going to my game?" And he would literally go from treatment to the field and play. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. Noah Reeb and his father James are with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, I can already tell you right now, this is, this is one of my favorite BYU Sports Nation moments I've ever had. And we've been doing this show for a long time, over 2,000 episodes. Um, it's just great to see your resilience. I'm sure everybody wants to know, how are you feeling now? How's your health? I'm feeling awesome. Like, yeah, I'm just feeling amazing. Full remission. <laughs> yeah. Everything's good. 100% remission. Yeah, cancer-free. And they'll keep checking him till he's uh, 18. Yeah. I do have to say, real quick, BYU put their arms around us. Yeah. I mean... I can barely say it. Yeah. It's amazing. Thank you. Oh, it's our pleasure to have you here. <laughs> and it's, uh, it, it, this is incredibly inspirational for all of us. Um, keep it up, okay? All right. You know, now, so, now, we realize that Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, personally handed you this hat for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Uh, we would also <laughs> like to present you with a hat. I, I hope that it has 
some meaning for you, but this is, uh, is a very cool BYU Sports Nation hat that we would love for you to have. That's awesome. All right. Now, hey, we're, we're in the Noah Reeb hat collection. There we go. <laughs> There you go. That is fantastic. <laughs> now, and I, I know that uh, James, you mentioned to me off the air right before we went on, like just the full circle moment of Tom placing that hat on Noah's head yeah. with the brain cancer yeah. and almost how poetic that was. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, it was. It was poetry in motion. I, I am doing a good job of keeping it together this moment because it's just, it's overwhelming. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think there's going to be a lot of people crying right now, whether they're listening or watching this. Um, it's an amazing story, and you are an amazing young man. I think Thank that's you. how God works. Oftentimes, you just don't know. Tom didn't know. No. I think he knows now, but it's kind of like, oh, I did that. I was put in motion that way, and that's what kind of brings us all together ultimately is just to be like, oh, we're all on the same team ultimately as God's children. I mean, that was amazing. It's so great to have you both here. <laughs> and uh, an incredible story. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for the days ahead for your flag football games and anything else that you face, okay? All right. Good vibes. All righty. Yeah, good vibes <laughs> headed your way. To BYU. <laughs> the team, they're playing this Saturday. You want to give them some good hey. vibes? Tell them good luck. Maybe get a Go Cougs. <laughs> go Cougs. Yeah. There baby. we go. I love it. I love it. Great job. All right, coming up, offense or defense, who needs the bigger day on Saturday? And one more special rise and shout-out on BYU Sports Nation. What a show. Don't go anywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast. All you need to do, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day, who needs to have the bigger day for the BYU football team to beat Virginia, the offense or the defense? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Shea Lawrence on Twitter. Special teams, of course. 60-plus yard punts from Ryan Rico and BYU needs them make a fake when they're least expecting it. And I can see this one coming down to a late field goal from Jake Oldroyd to win it. We asked offense or defense, and uh, we got special teams. And that was option B. All right. Option C, excuse option me. Option C? Yes. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. We're going to give it to Noah Reeb and the entire Reeb family for coming in to visit us in Studio B today. That was really fun. Very cool. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use hashtag BYUSN. For Jason Shepard, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Christian Stewart. We'll see you tomorrow for another live edition of BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs. That hat looks amazing on Noah, doesn't it? Fantastic. Fantastic.